Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Avengers Infinity War, spoiler free, and we will be discussing the premiere of Westworld Season 2. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? You know, man, for the first time in, you know, I think this is our third episode. So the first time in two episodes, you know, I'm not exhausted. <laughs> well rested, pretty excited, you know, so yeah, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, we're talking about a pretty awesome movie, so <laughs> that's always a good yeah. thing. That always helps the mood of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you guys who know, who have been following us for a while, you guys know that Avengers Infinity War is... Uh, my most anticipated movie of 2018, so I'm super stoked to talk about it. And uh, also brought along one of my uh, one of my longtime friends with me to talk about it because he's also a longtime Marvel fan, uh, Chris Carvall. Chris, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Ozzy. Uh, I can tell you're not exhausted. You have a lot of energy <laughs> for once in your life, so I'm happy to bring that same energy. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should just dive right into it. I mean, we should again clarify this is spoiler free. So you don't if you haven't seen the movie, you do not have to worry. We're not going to get into the details of it or anything like that. We're just going to discuss overall the movie, just like we do for every other movie. Uh, we will have a spoiler review, of course, that'll be on our Wednesday episode, hopefully, <laughs> assuming nothing else goes terribly wrong, which is very possible for us. Um, and then we might even have a bonus episode coming later next week. So lots of Infinity War content coming up. But we'll start, of course, with our spoiler-free review right here. All right, Ozzy, uh, like you said, this is your most anticipated movie of the year. So I've got to ask you, what do you think? Dude, I love this movie. Um, I absolutely love this movie. And I'm going to go as far as to say there is one line that I keep seeing in the headlines and uh, I have to go ahead and groove the headline. This is, in my opinion, the best superhero movie ever made. Uh, I love this movie. I love this movie. I really did. Um, it's a bold statement, but, you know, it's what we do on, on screen follows me. <laughs> you know, bold statements up, up in here. But I love this movie. Um, Chris, you kind of gave me this, you know, the space, bro. What do you think? <laughs> I, it's, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's the best superhero movie. I still maintain the Dark Knight is the yeah. best superhero movie. Um, I wouldn't even say it's the best Marvel movie, honestly. Ooh. I loved it. Great. But Civil War, Winter Soldier, the Captain America movies are up there for me. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But there were some issues that I had with it, minor issues. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much I can get into with those. But, um, yeah, it was it was a good movie. So I do agree with you for most of what you said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually am, I'm kind of in between each, I, I, I think this is the best Marvel movie, um, that we've gotten so far. It's not gonna be like, like, am I gonna rewatch this movie more than I'm going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy? No, probably not. But, if you're looking at the overall movie and how, like, where, like, if you're talking about the best, then this is, this is the best Marvel movie we've gotten. This is the best MCU movie. It's just, 
especially if you look at it as an MCU movie, because it is such a culmination. I, everybody keeps saying that, and it, but it's true. This is a culmination of 10 years of film, and it, it just works so well in that vein. Now, where I'm struggling with this movie is, if you were to look at this movie in a vacuum and say, like, let's say that the, this is the first MCU movie you ever watched, would you still feel the same way about it? Is this that great of a movie in and of itself? Does it hold up on its own? That's where I'm struggling. Um, and that we can dive into that a little bit more when we talk about positives and negatives. But, uh, yeah, that, that's where I kind of am. I think this is a great MCU movie and it's probably the best, but is it a great movie in and of itself standalone? But, you know, like, whereas The Dark Knight, you could just watch The Dark Knight and you would recognize the fact that, my goodness, that was an incredible film. If you watch this one are, without the context of the other movies, then I don't know. You know, that that's where I am right now. I'm I'm going back and forth with this one. Okay. okay. Uh, but we can dive right into positives if you want, Ozzy. Yeah, man, let's get, let's get it started. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with Chris and our guest. Uh, yeah. What's some of your positives for the movie, man? Positives. Um, I think the humor was well was well balanced. I was worried going into Infinity War that it was going to be either too funny or too dark and depressing, and I think they balanced the, the humor with the emotion perfectly. It, it it wasn't too much like it was in some of the other Marvel movies. It was it was great. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I will I will go as far as, uh, as far as to say that I agree with him. On that front, that it is, um, it was perfectly well balanced. Um, not to quote Thanos, um, <laughs> but it was well balanced uh, when it came to the comedy and 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 the and to the very tense moments of the film. Um, there are some things in here that we've never seen before in film, um, which I thought they did really well, um, and I thought that they brought everyone together again, like really nicely, and the fact that they were able to you know, fight Thanos on different fronts of the universe and Earth on different planets. I thought that was really unique and really awesome um, to see. I mean, we were just seeing a, a variety of different team-ups, um, which I thought was very cool and very awesome. Um, there are a lot of twists in this movie, which I think really do work. And, um, I mean, I think everybody brought their A-game to this film. Uh, like, the cast brought their A-game to the film. They knew what was coming, and I think everybody acted very well in this film. Yeah. I, as for me, I think the place we got to start, at least for me, is Thanos. I think Thanos is probably, and I know Brianna might like kill me when she hears this, but I think Thanos is probably the best villain the MCU's had. It, he was so intimidating, and they also took their time to actually develop motivations, develop reasons for what he was doing. As kind of terrible as they were, in his own mind, you could tell that they completely made logical sense. It, it's kind of like, in a way, a little, but it is different, but it's kind of like the whole Black Panther discussion we had, where the villain, his logic, as flawed as it is, you can see why it makes sense to him. And I think the same could be said for Thanos. I really liked what they did with Thanos. I really liked that they, this is a place where I think most people are going to agree that they divulged from the comic book, kind of his comic book uh, motivations, but it was certainly a benefit to the film. Like if they went in the comic book direction, it would have been just kind of like, okay, another MCU silly villain. 
But in this direction, it makes so much more sense, and it really works in the context of this movie, and I, I appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Marvel, for Phase 3, Marvel's been on their game with villains. You know, we got Vulture, we got Killmonger, now we have Thanos, we had um, Kaecilius and Doctor Strange. And if you look back, in Iron Man 1, we had uh, Obadiah, whose main motivation was he liked money. Mm-hmm. And that's it. He was very one dimensional. And now Kaecilius, you know, he thinks he's the hero in his own story. Same for Killmonger, same for uh, Vulture and now same for Thanos. He uh, it's like you said, as as flawed as his logic is, he thinks he's doing the right thing. And that I think is what makes it a great villain. Definitely. Yeah, he's he's no one to be trifled with at this point in time. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, we were seeing him just like just duke it out with some of the some of these powerhouses here and. Damn, um, he is not to be trifled with. And I was waiting to see what he would bring to the screen. Obviously, we've been waiting um, since Avengers to see like what kind of power this guy would bring and like how he would um, mess with the Avengers. And man, this guy is tough, man. Like you, oh man, I I, I want to see um, I want to see him uh, battle more with the Avengers. I can't wait to see more of that. But. Um, this guy was a powerhouse. You do not want to be in this guy's uh, bad side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, you know me. I'm going to make my fair share of Star Wars comparisons, and I, I've got a couple with this one. Number one, if we're going to say that The Last Jedi was bold and was ballsy, I mean, what the heck was this movie? This movie had a balls. <laughs> they, they freaking did some things that you're just like, what the, like, we are really going for it here. And, <laughs> you know, we're not going to, again, we're not going to dive into the spoilers and like, we'll, we'll do that eventually. Trust me. But let, let's just say this movie, like they were not afraid to, pull, they weren't, they weren't pulling punches. Let's say that. Uh, they, they really, I think went for it with this and I greatly appreciated it. And it kind of, held true basically all the way through the movie uh i really appreciated the boldness of this movie and there's some things about marvel that people normally complain about that they're not gonna be able to complain about with this movie yeah um one of the things that i really uh, appreciated was that marvel you know they've always had violence but there's never been gore mm-hmm. and in this movie they weren't afraid to make everything a little bit more bloody than usual mm-hmm I thought it was awesome. Definitely. Yeah, and, and you were gripping the edge of your seat through a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I mean, this movie, and I'm going to go ahead and say this for the first time. For the first time, I mean, and I'm going to go as far as to say it felt like a Game of Thrones episode. You didn't know if your favorite character was going to come out alive. Um, like, you didn't know at this point in time. Like, because um, this movie, this movie, again, it, it took you by surprise a few times. And they would do stuff. We were like, Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, like I don't know if there's gonna be like a like a pops mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen from behind like I don't know. So it was very tense, and you were gripping the edge of your seat a lot in this film. Um, which I have, which I gotta say, I mean, this was this. I mean, this was a really thrilling superhero movie. Absolutely. Um, just because you didn't know what was gonna happen. Um, so you know i i love that and this movie this movie was very emotional mm-hmm. um so many characters and you understood why each character did what they did i mean it was such an emotional um superhero movie as well i mean all these characters uh care for one another to some sort of of, of, of degree and man you you do feel that in this movie yeah 
this is kind of, I think you could easily put this in the category of an epic. I mean, it sprawls over multiple planets. It takes place. It, I guess the only reason you wouldn't call it an epic is because it takes place in such a short amount of time. But it takes place in such a large area with so many different characters that I think you could easily put it in that category. And I I think one of the best things that they did was that it really, like, you feel like, especially, again, in the context of the MCU, you feel like you were able to touch on every storyline pretty thoroughly. Uh, now, I, again, if you have someone who's just coming to this for the first time, are they going to feel the same way? Eh, that's where I'm not sure. But for me, someone who has watched the MCU pretty consistently for the past 10 years. I, I feel pretty satisfied with almost every storyline that they brought up here. I think they were able to touch on all these characters and kind of really give us like, okay, this feels like this character. It doesn't feel like they're just kind of speeding through. Oh, we have to show this character. I didn't really feel that for many characters at all. I feel like they were able to kind of let these characters shine, which is pretty impressive considering the amount of people that they had to show in this movie. Uh, so yeah, I appreciated that. And then also I have some issues with some of the CGI and the big action sequences, but the CGI on Thanos and his group was impressive to say the least. I really, really think they did a great job. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, go, and be great in the CGI in any part of this movie, the Thanos stuff is where you want to succeed the most. Like if the action is a little iffy, that's fine. As long as your main villain looks good and my goodness, he looks good. Especially when you think that we just had justice league a couple months ago and the main villain looked like trash. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think they did a great job with CGI on, uh, Thanos and his minions as well. Like, uh, they, they all looked really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't expect us to get through this without a DC comparison, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, Thanos looked, Thanos, there were certain moments where I forgot that it was Josh Brolin playing Thanos and it just felt like a real person. It mm -hmm. felt like Thanos a person and uh like you said his the the black order specifically the ball mm -hmm. uh he was great i i loved how they all looked definitely yeah and again they were also menacing also um terrifying um again the, the black order was again not i mean th those guys were real challenge for the avengers i mean for the avengers hang out and, and guardians of the galaxy i mean, I mean these guys um, you know, these guys were kind of like a one-man army themselves. I mean, Absolutely. it was uh, it was very tense every time they were on screen. Um, I just, just again, great additions to um, to, to villain to the to the line of villains that the, that the MCU has had. Um, but I will agree with you guys on, on the CGI with Thanos. I was very impressed with what they were able to do, yeah. especially if we we're comparing it to the DC universe. <laughs> um, <laughs> very, very, very well done. Um, uh, and I gotta say, I do like I do like what they did with uh, with Cap suit. I liked it. Um, I think that they're kind of going in a different direction with with this character, which I, you know I didn't mind. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, Carlos, what was what would you say is your favorite? Like, wh like who would you say was your favorite um, characters that you spent time with in the film? Uh, I mean, we can take this in two different directions. We can say favorite characters. We can say favorite performances. Favorite characters. I mean. I, I always love Thor. I think Thor was great in this movie. Um, 
you know, Rocket was, <laughs> and they were together. So I guess you could say that's my favorite storyline just because, you know, we got Thor and Rocket and they're my favorite characters. So the, they were definitely awesome. And we actually spent a decent amount of time with them. Um, then if I'm saying favorite performances, then, I mean, not to keep going back to the Guardians well, but, I mean, Gamora, uh, <laughs> the, the the direction that they took Gamora and then what she had to do with that role and the emotional kind of places she had to go, I think she knocked it out of the park. And then on the kind of in that same vein, Josh Brolin, I, I think we're going to easily forget about his performance in this movie. And that would be a shame because, man, he was awesome in this movie. You know, that he had a tough job because he did have to be menacing, but he also, we had to, like, it's not just, you. We we were just talking about, right, how, you know, we kind of understand where Thanos is coming. Like, we understand why he thinks what he thinks. And that's that's great. And you have to do that in the writing. You definitely have to write him that way. But you have to have an actor who's able to bring that to the screen and make you care and make you kind of, in a way, in a weird way, sympathetic towards him and empathetic towards him. But... And if you don't get that actor, then it's going to fall on its face and you're just going to be like, I don't like you. Why are we spending so much time trying to, quote unquote, justify what you're doing? But with Brolin, I think he really killed in this movie. And I, I just I loved his performance. So, uh, yeah, I, those are my favorite characters and performances, I guess you would say. I I would agree with what you said. Uh, my favorite team up was absolutely Thor, Rocket and Groot. Yeah, um, they were just uh, Bradley Cooper and Chris Hemsworth, they just have this like chemistry that they just work off <laughs> one another. And it's so incredible. But my favorite performance was actually um, <clears throat> uh, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, good call. They they were incredible. Um, Paul, I've, I've never realized how much I liked Paul Bettany until they gave him more to do in this movie. And I realized how likable he is and how genuine he seems and just what they had to do. Like and where and where they got taken throughout the story, they mm -hmm. they just put out of the water. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say I like to see Captain America and and Black Panther when they were wrecking shop together. Oh, dude, it was oh, so yeah. great. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. Um, but I'm gonna go as far as to say my favorite performances were Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland. I mean, they for me blew it out of the Fair. park. Um. I mean, one, they worked off one another so well. Um, and Tom Holland, like he, you know, we've said this before, and I'll, I'll go ahead and reiterate it again. Um, for me, Tom Holland is the best on-screen Spider-Man uh, that we've ever had. And, um, man, he, he did really well in this film. Um, so did Robert Downey Jr. I think this is Robert, Jr.'s, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance. As Iron Man, you can just, I mean, he... You've never, I, I don't think we've never seen him this desperate in a film before. And, um, and this is like, if, if you wanted to see Iron Man kind of break, I think this is the film for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's great. From Spider Man Homecoming, they set up this dynamic with Peter and Tony that it's like this father son relationship. And they explore it so much more in this movie. And I, 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 gen I genuinely feel like this, um, movie is just, a stone's throw away from Age of Ultron, of course, where you see Tony desperate and he creates Ultron for protection. And this movie's kind of, I mean, it, it literally is a sequel to it, but it really, it, it, it really does follow Tony through that down, through that downward spiral of like, 
the entire weight of the universe is bearing down on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And you really see it in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's hard. I think at this point, we, it's hard to really get into more positives without kind of diving into the spoiler territory. <laughs> Do you have anything right. else uh, broad that you want to say about this movie before we move into negatives? Go watch it. <laughs> I will. I will say. I, I did. I, I did feel left out because. Um. And and this is just a little uh, sidetrack here. I did feel left out because everybody saw it on Thursday. I feel like I was the only one to see it on Friday. So yeah. I had to kind of stay away from everybody. I actually do have one more positive. Um. It's yeah. like what you were saying. This movie had a lot of balls. It took a lot of risks. I was worried. I didn't know how much risk they were going to take. Mm-hmm. And then. Right from the first scene, it's like Marvel said, oh, no, no, don't worry. We're going to take risks. Yeah. Because that scene right out the gate, you're like, oh, oh, Thanos is here to, to wreck some stuff. <laughs> yeah. And oh, yeah. The opening of this film was just, was just you know, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just thinking to myself, damn, this is this is going to be completely different from everything, oh, yeah. anything that we've ever gotten before, just because of what happened in the beginning of the film. And as soon as it happened, I was like, this, this is, this is it. Like, this is it. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, this is everything that the fans have been asking for. And again, this is why I thought I was like, anything at this point in time is possible with this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because every, I mean, I mean, you didn't know at this point who, as soon as, as soon as the first part came out, you didn't know what was going to happen at that point. Um, there were a lot of, uh, twists and turns in this film, which I really enjoyed. Um, which worked for me, um, and it was really great seeing these performances um, hold up. And for me, I mean, Carlos, I mean, you you said you didn't know if this film stand, stood alone um, when it came to like a, just like a standalone superhero film. I think the performances would just because I think all the all the the entire cast just did such an amazing job. I think that it would stand alone as 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 its own superhero movie. Um, just because, I mean, the cast just did such an amazing job. Um, and just talking about this film in particular, really, um, not only did they have amazing chemistry with one another, I mean, you really also cared for these for these characters. Um, you, you cared about them more in this, just watching this film. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, well, that's actually a great segue into one of the negatives exactly. I had. Yep. One of the issues. Um I actually disagree. I, I, I don't think this movie is a good standalone movie. I think you need to be a Marvel fan to enjoy it because, um, like, for example, in Guardians of, of the Galaxy 2, they explored a lot of Peter and Gamora's relationship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, in this movie, they expand more on on their on their relationship together. But you can't go into this movie and just automatically want them to be together. You would have to watch the first two to, mm-hmm. to realize how, how, it, how it was established and how it grew to then – Feel the emotional weight that this movie wants you to feel. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're saying. Yeah, uh, I am definitely the same way. And also, I would say that. All right. First of all, for the first hour, I was sitting there. I think after the first hour, I basically said to myself, like, they haven't really touched on a storyline that wasn't fascinating. But I think that after that first hour, that kind of starts to change, and you start to feel the weight of all the characters that they have to deal with. They had a lot of different places that they need to go. There are multiple storylines that they need to touch on. And ultimately, it, by the end, it kind of felt like, all right, we're being stretched a little thin here. Just a little bit. Uh, now, 
that could have been solved if we weren't so afraid to, in modern movies, make longer movies. And this is a pretty long movie, but this could have easily been even longer. And I think people probably wouldn't have complained, but then again, we don't make three-hour-plus movies anymore, unfortunately. So... <laughs> Uh, Unless you're Scorsese, then you do. Yeah, but, that's just, yeah, but he's the only one. Uh, he's the only one who's allowed, apparently. So, <laughs> um, that I really like. I think that they could have gone even longer with this movie and dwelt on a lot of these uh, characters even more and a lot of these storylines even more. And it, I wouldn't have felt like we were being stretched so thin at times. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely a negative for me. Uh, and also, there are. <laughs> you, that being said, this also kind of does feel like a little bit of a middle part. We know there's another Avengers movie coming, and that's that's fine. You can leave things in a place where you're like, oh, what's going to happen? That's great. I, I think there's a good way to do that, and there's a bad way to do that. I think this movie definitely does it in a good way. But there are storylines that, if you just look at this movie, that they kind of like set up little, like, mini story arcs and then they just don't pay off like there's something i won't get into specifics but there's something with bruce that they kind of set up the entire movie and nothing really comes of it like it's just like okay and i'm sure we'll probably get something with the in the remaining movies or the remaining movie but you know you set that up in an entire movie and then you don't pay it off that's questionable so i think that it definitely struggled with some issues related to the fact that this was a quote unquote culmination of 10 years where you're trying to do so much. You have so many different things you have to do and you're just statistically, you're not going to succeed at all of them. It's like, it's almost impossible with as many things as they had to do. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and dock the movie on, on the Bruce storyline. I think the Bruce storyline was fine and I understood why, um, they chose to go that particular route. I, look, I'm fine with it too, but pay it off. They don't pay it off. That's my point. Right. That that like that. I agree with what you're saying in the sense that this movie it definitely feels like a part one. Yes. It feels like they set up a bunch of stuff and then they're going to pay off pay pay it off in the second one. We didn't get a lot of payoffs in this one. Um, how it, like that that was one of my main issues. It's a minor issue which I get that we didn't get a, a like a good amount of time with each of these groups. Mm-hmm. Because it is a culmination of 10 years, we've already had time to get to know these characters. This movie is purely fan service and purely <laughs> setting up to, yeah. which isn't a problem. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's call it what it is. It's fan service and it's a setup for a part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ozzy, what about you? I think you're the least negative. So <laughs> what do you got? I mean, no, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I thought like I didn't have any negatives in the film. I mean, I, you know, I'll go ahead and agree with you when you brought it up earlier. There were some questionable CGI moments in the film. Um, and, um, I mean, I didn't necessarily, I mean, we didn't necessarily, for me, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to think, because I just saw this movie yesterday, so I'm still trying to <laughs> regurgitate everything for me to, to still process. Yes, yeah, people like me film. and Carlos have had two days to, <laughs> exactly, to really digest yeah. it, you know? So, whatever. That's, that's, a, that's a personal problem for you both. Um, I mean... What I will uh, go as far as to say is um, I do wish the film was longer because I'll agree with you there. I mean, I, the, the film could have easily been three hours and nobody would have complained. I mean, yeah, nobody would have said a thing. When we end, we're all just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do wish that they explored different avenues um, or of certain things more. I don't want to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I mean that's spoiler territory. But just to see, just so that, just so that it could have some certain details could have been explained more. Um, just because I know that there are some people, and in in, in at least in my theater, that people were confused at what at some of the decisions that happened and how you know it went and how it ended. Um, so I just wish we got. I wish you know I don't. I wouldn't have minded seeing a few. Uh, again, I wouldn't have minded it being a three-hour movie. Um, there, um, if we could have gotten a few details explained more. Yeah. Uh, what's the storyline that you wish they would have gone more into, and spent some more time on? Um, I will say I wish we would have gone into more into. I wish we would have gotten more into the the. The Battle of Wakanda, the Battle of Wakanda. I mean, that yep. felt that felt kind of short to me. Okay. And um, you know, and I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too too deep into it. Um, but I will say it did feel short just because of what of all that was going on. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand I understand it because one of my first positives was that you know, they're battling Thanos on three different, like on multiple fronts of the, of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third act is, you know, is a mixture of the battle of Wakanda, you know, and the battle of, you know, of, of, of all, of all these different locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the battle, you know, I wish we would have gotten more of the, ba- of, of the battle of Wakanda because that, that to me, that I love, I love watching those sequences, but for me, we didn't get enough of it. I'll say this, you can definitely tell that they started or they basically had finished filming this movie before <laughs> Black Panther came out because you know <laughs> that if Black Panther had come out before they had finished filming, there would be a lot more in Wakanda. <laughs> um, yeah, there so, was barely any Black Panther in Wakanda. Yeah, uh, so that was something I definitely, I'm glad that we're kind of all on the same page there because I was like, oh man, we need more of this. Um, and we didn't really get as much as I was expecting slash hoping. Um, so yeah, that's definitely where one where I would have wanted more, but yeah, that and that um that feeds into what I was saying earlier that that's another reason why I don't feel this is a good standalone movie yep. because you don't get and like any time in Wakanda for un, enough to for a random person to be like oh I I care about these people no one cares about that place in in this movie but I feel like what could have been explored more is Captain America you know I yep. feel like they they wrote the movie and then put him in after the fact because he barely got any screen time. He had very little lines to be completely honest. And we didn't learn anything about where he's been. We didn't learn anything about what he was doing. He just kind of shows up and he's like, all right guys, let's, let's beat up some bad guys. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you like, tell us where you've been. Tell us your story. Tell us what you've been dealing with and what brought you here. What made you want to get involved out of nowhere? Exactly. I mean, it, it felt like some of these relationships weren't explored deep enough. You know what I'm saying? Um, for instance, the relationship between Cap and Bucky. Um, you know, how did Cap, you know, meet up with with, uh, with Natasha? Um, you know, so there was there was a bunch of things that weren't explored deep enough that I wish we would have got more clar- clarity on. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what feels a little bit rushed to to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just a problem with, 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 you know, studios in general. They're too scared to go um, beyond the three-hour um, mark. And, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and do this, I mean, because that was one of the things I was – this is one of the things I was worried about was, was the runtime. 
is it going to affect the overall story of the film? Which it did to a degree. It's not, it wasn't, I didn't, you know, it's not, it wasn't, you know, no Batman versus Superman disappointment for me. But I mean, um, I mean, it did affect the storyline a little bit. Yeah. Right. And um, actually, I an, another one we didn't really get, which I was really upset about, actually, was um, Ant-Man. We didn't get Ant-Man in this movie. Yeah, and this definitely feels like, again, a lack of... It It really feels like a lack of planning, but obviously, like, they probably have a reason for this. I don't know why, right, but no, the yeah. whole I Ant-Man mean, yeah, and the Wasp thing, it's like, when is that going to take place? I think they've said that it's going to be before this movie, but then why would you release it after? It's just such a right. strange thing. Um, I don't know. It, it, yeah, and then the whole Hawkeye thing as well. It's just, it's strange. Um, yeah. So there were there were definitely some strange choices there, uh, and to move continue on in negatives, there's one. I think there's a few character choices, like decisions that characters make in this movie towards the end in the third act, that are questionable. There is one that bothers me into no end, and that I I can't get into because it'll be a spoiler. And there's one that I kind of justify, <laughs> and I think it makes some sense. But I, I do think that there are some questionable decisions these character makes these characters make, and it's not like a oh I don't agree with that decision that he made. It's a you didn't set that up at all. Where did this decision come from? Situation. That's where I think that's the that's the specification I want to make here. It's not that I was like oh man I wanted him to make this decision. No, that's not what I'm talking about. If they make a decision, if a character makes a decision that I don't agree with, that I don't think he uh, should have made that that's whatever that's like that's a decision that the character made who cares but as long as it makes sense to the character and that they set it up there is a very very big decision in this movie that a character makes that <clears throat> excuse me that they do not set up at all and does not make sense with his character that they've established in this movie especially if you just say the what they established in this movie because everything this character says runs contradictory to the decision he ultimately makes mm -hmm. and it really frustrates me um so without diving too big into the spoiler territory uh, that's what i will say and i think everyone will know what i'm talking about once they see the movie um but yeah i'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you on that oh okay. i think i think i know what you're talking about but i'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you Okay, like <laughs> we we can get we'll dive into it in the spoiler review, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If it is what you're talking about, I completely disagree with you. All right, fair. <laughs> um, what what I'm gonna say because I I don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay. What I'm gonna say <laughs> is that I expected that going into this movie because it is again to harp on this phrase, it's a culmination of ten years of yep. movies. And it's been, you know, a revolving door of directors and writers, and they each have their own vision. They each have their own stories that they want to explore mm -hmm. with these characters. <clears throat> and coming into this movie, directed by the Russo brothers and written by um, Chris and Steven, um, they have a different vision for these characters. And what one director might have set up, these directors don't feel like exploring. So I knew that there were going to be some choices and some storylines that felt out of nowhere or felt un, like not touched upon. And it's because of the change in mm -hmm. direct writers and how everyone has their own vision for a certain character. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we rate this movie? Go watch it. Like I <laughs> said, yeah, go watch it. All right. <laughs> uh, 
this is a comparison that I'm going to get more into in our spoiler review, but I think a lot of people, uh, this is probably the most frequent comparison I've seen with this movie, is that this is kind of like this generation's Empire Strikes Back. And I think that is very fair on certain levels. I don't think this is nearly as good as that movie. Um, but... Star Wars, man. <laughs> well, Empire Strikes Back is like a consensus, like one of the best movies of all time, but okay. Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to say, Empire <laughs> is definitely one of the best movies ever made. So, let's chill with that, Ozzy. Um, you might not <laughs> think so. But... I mean, but you also think this is this is the best superhero movie, so I can't really... I mean... <laughs> Look, and maybe maybe you're right. Maybe this ends up like ten years, ten years, twenty years later. We're going to be talking about this. Like this is one of the best movies of all time. That's I mean it possible. is. I mean this. I mean but, this movie brought together like you know a, like you know a, a, a crap ton of characters. Okay, you know, but part, again, like, Pluto, Pluto was able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it is going to be one of the most talked about films. I mean, one of the most talked about and being one of the I'll best is different. Yeah, I was, I was say it's not one of the best, but I will say it's definitely historical. Yes. It's definitely first of its kind, and it's definitely going to go down in history, but I'm not going to say it's one of the best. This, this, is, this, is the important, this is an important distinction. You can talk about importance of movies. You can talk about their place in history. You can talk about all this different stuff, but when we ultimately break it down to quality, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about I don't think we're going to be talking about this movie like when it's one of the best of all time. And that's why that's where I think the Empire Strikes Back comparison falls apart. But at the same time, with the importance of this movie to our society today and to the a people of a certain generation of really and really of all generations, I think that comparison is totally fair. And then ultimately, when you look at this movie's story in or this movie's place in this overall story, that's definitely fair. So I think the comparison works on a lot of levels, but may, perhaps on the biggest level, it doesn't. Uh, so that's the last thing I will say before we move on to rating this movie. Um, <laughs> who wants to start? I, I mean, I can start if you want. Go ahead, Carl, start. All right. I'm giving this movie an 8.8 out of 10. I think this is a great movie. I really do. And I think this is probably the best MCU movie we've gotten. And I'm not afraid to say that. It's not the best superhero movie we've gotten. I think you could easily say Dark Knight and Logan are better. But this is the best MCU movie we've gotten, probably. <laughs> That's what I got. 8.8. Uh, 8.8. All right. I'm, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say 8.5. Okay. Just because it's not up there for me, as I said, among the other MCU movies, but it is a great movie nonetheless. Awesome. Ozzy? I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a 9.4, guys. Nice. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's fair. I shouldn't have been surprised. It was really great. I think it was overall, with, with, I mean, with, with, with all this movie had to deal with and with all, this, with all these different variety of characters and all this... Um, all this mythology that they had to really put into this movie. Overall, I think they really did a really, really, really great job um, with this with this movie. Yeah. And for me, which is why it is it is the best superhero movie, just because it, what if what it had to do. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and give it a 9.4. I think it was really impressive in what it had to do. I think it is the best superhero movie. I do think it is a, even even if even if. Even if my opinion does get shattered, it is the best um, MCU movie. Clearly, is yep. what I'm saying. Um, and um, this movie, this movie for me is a game changer, just because of what it was able to do 
and what it was able to um, able to accomplish. Um, so yeah, that's that, that is what I'm giving it a lamp for. Yeah, this movie is everything that people wanted Ultron to be and more. And I think that nobody's ever going to deny this movie's importance and its place in history when we look back on movie history in 10, 20 years. You know, nobody's going to deny what this movie has done uh, for this genre in particular. Uh, it's up there with um, in terms of importance with the first Avengers, which is crazy because the first Avengers, you're just sitting there like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> um, but it's up there in terms of its importance. So, yeah. All right, uh, I guess we should move on. And don't worry if you're wanting more ult- or no, I almost said Ultron. Uh, if you're wanting more <laughs> Avengers talk, we do want more Ultron. I think <laughs> that's I'll fair. That's fair. More <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're wanting more Avengers Infinity War talk, don't you worry. We will have our spoiler review next week, and then, like we said, we will probably have an additional episode as well, looking at the importance of this movie in terms of the MCU, and just kind of a state of the MCU episode, so be looking for that as well. We know you want to read that book before the movie comes out, but the truth is, you're way too lazy to. Why not listen to it on your commute and have absolutely no effort put forth in actually reading it? Don't strain your eyes. Use your ears. You do that anyways when you watch TV. It's like TV, but you get to watch the world in real life as your book happens. Get Audible today at www.audibletrial.com slash screenfellas. That's www.audibletrial.com slash screenfellas. All right. Now we are going to move on to something we are going to dive into spoilers with, and that is the premiere of season two of Westworld. So if you have not seen it, if you don't know what Westworld is, number one, then, I mean, go watch Westworld because it's awesome and it's on HBO. Uh, but if you have not watched the premiere yet and you want to watch it, then go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. That being said, this is your last warning. Move along. All right. So Westworld season two, episode one. Ozzy, what do you think? Dude, I loved it, man. Just getting back into this, um, to the story, into this world. It was while I was watching it, I was like, man, oh man, it feels good to be confused again. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because, I mean, again, I mean, this, I mean, this this show is is literally, and it is amazing. Honestly, it is amazing <laughs> how they how they're able to do and, and shoot different different things. So again. It kind of brought me back to season one. I'm just like, is this taking place in the past or is this taking place in the future? Right. What is going on? Um, so again, again, I just, I truly loved what the what the show was doing. I was like, damn man, I, I've never loved more being confused. <laughs> yeah. um, but but you know, here I was, and uh, I thought it was a really great, uh, really great premiere. Man, what is it with these Nolans and wanting to mess with narrative structure? Like that's just something that they're obsessed with. Going all the way back to Memento, where Christopher Nolan literally tells a movie backwards, to right. something like Dunkirk, where we're taking three storylines happening around the same time period, but over different lengths of time, and showing them inter they're in intertwining them, and it's like what? And then this, where Westworld season one, you're literally told us two sep two storylines in different times, then weave them all together, and then we're like, oh, at the end, you're watching two separate timelines, and it's like what the frick? And now this, we're doing it again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is nuts. I I think that it's really interesting when they're able to do that and how they're obsessed with that. I don't know why, but 
yeah, I, I think that this was a really good episode. I I think this was very much a, like, all right, come come on, we're going to get back into this world. We're going to ease you back into it. And I think things are going to start to pick up as we move along. This is definitely a, all right, welcome back. Here you go. This is where everybody is. Like, this is kind of like a, this is what's going on episode. And that's fine for a premiere with when it's a show of this scale. I think you definitely have to have a kind of premiere like that, uh, where you kind of just like, hey, remember, this is what's going on. This is where this person is. Um, Now, there was definitely there was definitely moments in this episode when I was like, yes, I am all in. So it's not like it was an all slow episode, um, but I definitely overall think that this was a easy back into it episode. Agreed. Yeah, it definitely felt it, it wasn't <clears throat> one of my favorite Westworld episodes, but it, it was definitely a good, um, like you said, like bring you back into it episode. You know, it was slower than most Westworld episodes. It didn't pose as many questions, Mm-mm. but I will say it definitely posed more questions than it answered questions from oh, yeah. last season. Yeah. <laughs> um, overall, it was it was a really good episode. I, I loved it. And a, a, a minor detail, I love the new uh, opening credits. Yes. I've been a big fan of all of HBO's opening credit scenes, and they just blew an, another one out of the water. So. Yeah, I was watching it with my friends, and they were just like, "Dude, what are you watching?" I'm watching Westworld. I was just like, "Oh, it's pretty good." Mm-hmm. And I was just watching. I was I was like fangirling. Just doing, um, so I mean, I loved. I just love. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree with Chris there when he brings up the opening credits. I loved um, how they added new opening credits. Um, but just kind of getting into it, yeah. into it, man. Dolores, Dolores <laughs> is just such a care. It's it's so yeah, weird. She is crazy. <laughs> um, because I mean, she's just out here wrecking shop, and uh, you know, I remember watching one of the scenes, and you know, she's over here literally about to kill somebody, and I was just like. <laughs> You can be a villain, and I like I right. I love it, you know, and like you completely, you completely kind of understand her motivations for wanting to do the things that she's doing, um, and man, it is just she's very uh, it's it's kind of weird, it's weird because you know she used to be you know wa- you know watching just thinking about season one, she was really nice, really to herself, she was this you know princess kind of. Town girl. She was the farm girl. Yeah, she yeah. was the farm girl. And then now in this one, she's just, she's the farm girl, but she's delusional. She yeah, is, yeah, yeah. She is like, she's, she has, well, she has this, this, you don't want to mess with her. No, I don't, not. man. And like, you don't get her, you don't want to get her bad side. She and, effectively has multiple personality disorder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She, yeah, she does. And it is just absolutely insane watching her. I mean, I think, um, uh, how do you, uh, yeah, Evan, Evan Rachel Wood, um, does a mm-hmm. great job, uh, yeah. portraying her character. Um, especially just, especially just this version of her character at this point in time. I think she does an amazing job portraying her. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, I, my, my favorite part of this episode, I think, was the scene where she was going to hang those three people. Yes. And I think that was just a great moment that, like, kind of summarized the entire her entire character yeah. where yeah. she kind of switched and she was like, Oh, the, the farm girl wants to see the beauty in you. But then she stops and she goes, but why it only sees the ugly. I was like, damn. <laughs> and like, it's funny that Dolores is really the only villain we have in this, in this season right now, other than obviously the man in black, but he's not, he, he hasn't done much, but Dolores, like yeah. she 
kind of the only villain and she's my favorite character <laughs> i want her to succeed and she's out here killing humans like she's aiming at me and i'm like go ahead shoot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is really impressive that they're able to do that because i literally said the same thing when i was watching the episode i was like i am rooting for her to kill human humanity like i'm just like go for it i don't care um and it's really impressive that they're able to do that and i just man it is fascinating like i'm just my mind races in a billion directions to see what they could do with her because i think the fact that she does have these kind of two personalities within her where she literally referenced she's like i want this but why it wants this and it's like she says that and something like that and it's like that's crazy is is there going i i there has to be some sort of reckoning with that eventually right like that has to be something that bubbles to the surface and that she has to deal with at some point. And I can't wait for another con confrontation between her and uh, the man in black. I, I think that there's so there's so many different things that I'm super excited for about this, this season. And I think, again, this shows that they did a great job with this premiere to get you back excited about these different storylines. And one thing that I think we have to talk about is... I mean, if there was any doubt for me, at least, who my, when it comes to like who my favorite character is, this episode reminded me yet again that it is Maeve. Maeve is the best. Maeve is the real MVP. She is so freaking good. And I love what they've done with her character. I, I, she's just, she has this drive within her and she recognizes everything that's going on. And I think that she, is probably in a weird way the most human out of any of these, uh, androids or whatever that they're called the hosts or it's the host right that's what they call them um yeah. she kind of feels the most human because she knows she recognizes the fact that this doesn't make any sense that she wants to be she wants to get her daughter because her daughter's not going to or to know who she is she knows that but she's letting her emotions control her and isn't that the most human thing you've ever seen? It's the fact that she knows that it's stupid, but she is so emotionally wrapped up in it that she's going to do it, and she has to. She feels like she has to. Maeve yeah. is by far the most human out of any of the hosts that we have on this show, in my opinion, at least. And I love yeah. it. I think she's the most fascinating and dynamic character on this show. Yeah, I mean, I think she is the most human character um, in the show, honestly, just because she does want to go and save her daughter, and she's willing to go... Um, uh, she's willing to basically go through any means necessary to 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 get her daughter back, which is what any which is what any parent would do for their kids. Right. Um. So it's really interesting to see her really take on that motherly character, um, and and see what she would do. I mean, she's very professional. She knows what she wants. She she knows that she she has a plan and now she's gonna get it. And I think she's um she's very smart. I want to see her and I want to see Maeve and Dolores in a room and, and chat, honestly, because <laughs> that would be interesting. That, that would be pretty um, interesting. I want to see what, what would happen there. Um, I think they teased it in the trailer, too. I was like, I can't wait for that to go down. Yeah, that's definitely um, going to happen this season. Yeah, but I mean, I think Maeve, uh, Maeve is, is probably my second favorite character, second favorite character. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is just, she's amazing as well. She's no one to be trusted with as well. She's very, she had, again, um, after what she did in the se in season one finale, I was like, okay, yeah, um, I'm with this. Like, she's great. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 funny that you mentioned how human of a character she is because that's that's my favorite part about this entire show is that they make the AI seem more human than the humans. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's a really good way to like make you like it, it just really makes you think about everything because like for example I live in Orlando you know I live 30 minutes away from Universal and I go to Universal all the time and this show every time I watch it I just think like you know these rides like it's 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 a stone's throw away from Westworld you know like <laughs> this, this is this is a very plausible thing to to to, uh, to happen and for them to humanize them so much it really just makes you think about that kind of stuff and yeah Fanny Newton is just incredible i can't wait to see her in a solo yeah thank you to kill it definitely uh yeah and talking about how the humans aren't as human as the hosts uh, i think it's really re it was a fascinating choice to kind of make our now we know that there's two separate time like we're watching two separate uh times going on right now we we know that right and they yeah. make that very clear in this episode as well it's like all right we have the whole thing with uh, Bernard, where he got found on the beach, but that's taking place, what, did they say two weeks later? Right? Some, uh, I can't remember exactly. It's a couple of weeks later. I don't later. think they gave a specific timeline, because, I mean, then he's also working, he's also working with, working with uh, Tessa Thompson's character. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they have a specific timeline. So... Um, yeah, they, they, but either way, they established very clearly that we are watching two separate times going on right now. And... The fact that these people didn't come for guests in the park until we can assume at least weeks later. That that's very that's very uh, robotic. It's like, no, we want what we want. Give it to us and then we will come save you. And it's like, what the frick? Like, uh, these people are terrible. They're terrible human beings. And they established that very clearly. And I think. Yeah, you're right that Dolores is probably the quote-unquote villain right now. But I think you could also easily say that the people running this park are very much villains. Um, yeah, because, Delos, my goodness, yeah. they are terrible. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. I, I feel like, like, like for right now, like I said, Dolores is our villain. But I, we're, it's the, the show is going to evolve, obviously, to, to give us someone else to hate. Yeah. And I feel like... From from this first episode, they're already set, setting it up that Delos is this giant evil umbrella corporation, and I feel like we're going to get more into that because even even last season, well, the dude's brother, uh, William's brother-in-law, I forgot his name, but mm -hmm. he was he was a douche, yeah, and he worked for Delos. I and then William he inherited Delos, and then he became the Man in Black. You know, I feel like they're setting it up that everyone that gets involved with Delos is corrupted and i feel like they're going to establish that delos is in fact corrupt and we're going to see that more later on yeah i don't think i don't think the man in black is a villain i think him and Dolores not anymore are, no yeah i don't think he no, 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 i don't think anymore. he was a villain honestly really mm -hmm. um I, that was oh, one this of, season or last season last season because really? yes and i i predicted that from the beginning of the show carlos is my witness i said i don't think he's a villain i don't and okay. um uh, and you know you know, I was like, I was like, I don't know. In the beginning, because you know, he was doing questionable things. I was like, man, oh man, mm, I could be wrong. And then the last, you know, see, the last episode happened. I was like, I'm gonna stick to my gut next time because I was right. Wait, you don't think but, he's a villain? Um, no. How? Because he's trying to free the the hosts. Trust me, this was a huge topic discussion last season where we were all <laughs> like, we had so many people reviewing uh, Westworld at that point last year. Like, we had multiple people coming on like every week wanting to talk about the show, and every time we would, this would come up, and we'd be like, Ozzy, he like raped a person, and, like cut open, like, <laughs> like, like, like we're no, just like how? <laughs> but, we didn't see that he raped Dolores. No, right? but then later in the season we saw. 
whatever. We're talking about the rest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about it after the show. But, yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, um, but no, I mean, I think he's trying to save um, the host. Yeah. Think so? Yes. I think this is more of a, of a personal adventure than it is. Yes, I agree. I think that this well, with, because, with him, know, with him, it's all about he wants he, he wants uh, to he wants to experience this as real. Like he wants this to be as real as possible. He wants to find every hidden meeting in this uh, in this park and every detail. He wants to know everything. He wants to experience everything he can. That's why we got he got that smirk on on his face at the end of last season when he actually got shot. That's why he kind of, in a way, seems like he is like kind of loving the fact that he's actually in real danger right now, and he's still looking for this stupid maze. And it's like, oh my gosh, dude, it's not for you. <laughs> like that's you don't understand. Uh, well, I think I this is all about him and his personal wants and needs, and that's fine. Yeah. I, but I don't think they're going to focus on him as the main villain anymore this season. Um, if anything, I, I just want him and Dolores to meet up again and to see what yeah. kind of explosions come out of that conversation. So I want to see them. I want to see them meet again for sure. I mean, again, I don't think he's the main villain, and I think I think he's trying to free the hosts um, because at, at one point in his life, he wasn't he was in love with Dolores. Yeah. Um, and I think, and that's why he is what he is because when he came back to the park to 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 be with her. Um, you know, she was reading off the script the entire time. So I think his motivations for wanting to free the, you know, free the, you know, free the host, um, basically revolves around that. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, um, even if you're going to go as far as to say that he's twisted in his own mind, yeah. um, I think ultimately what he wants to do is free the host so that they can have their own free will mm-hmm. and do whatever they want. Um, which is why I think he's also smiling. He's just like, finally, mm-hmm. you guys have free will. Finally, you guys can hurt me. I'm still going to kill you, but finally, <laughs> finally, you guys can actually shoot me and actually do something to do something about it. Um, so he's enjoying it while he's also trying to free the host. Fair enough. Very, um, very interesting. <clears throat> yeah. That, that, that's um, one of the things they touched on, I think, end of last season or, or beginning of this episode, was when Maeve was talking to Bernard and she was saying something, and then Bernard said, um, oh, uh, do you not question why you're doing the things that, that, that you're doing? And it almost seems like even all this rebellion and her wanting to find her daughter, it seems like it was all this part of like, um, what's his name? Uh, Robert Ford, or like Rock his, Ford. his, his final narrative journey into night. Mm-hmm. It all feels like part of the plan. And I really want to see where this ends up going. And second, my, my, my favorite thing that they touched on that I want to explore is of course, the man in black. Mm-hmm. I want more about his history. I want to know about, this door that the kid mentioned, I want to know where his story takes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's my favorite character, 100%. She was my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Either way, I think we can all agree that we're looking forward to the rest of the season. And we're happy to finally be just talking Westworld again on this podcast. Um, Westworld, uh, for those Screenfellas, uh, deep Screenfellas fans, uh, Westworld, you guys know, produced one of the most famous moments in the history of the Screen Palace podcast. Love is the maze. Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this to this season 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this season 100%. I'm definitely interested to see what Dolores brings to the screen. Um, she is she's a leader. I'm um, just looking at, oh, you yeah. know, just looking at the scene where she was talking to Teddy and Teddy's still 
Teddy's nervous, you know, he's like Teddy's just always confused. Teddy <laughs> is true. so confused and he's just like, All we've seen is blood and she just goes, Yeah, because we've been controlled this entire time and I'm just yeah. like Damn. I just lose bomb. I just feel so bad um, for Teddy because like everyone is on it. You know, Maeve knows what's up, Dolores knows what's up, everybody knows what um Bernard is is a host, but he still knows what's up. He's working with the humans. And then Teddy's always just left in the dark to be like, yo, what's what's good? <laughs> I guess we should talk about that cliffhanger at the end of the episode um, with all the hosts kind of laying in the water, like seemingly dead. What the frick is that? <laughs> like, really? Who's I have no answer. I, yeah. I've never seen, and I'm going to go as far as to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, even The Walking Dead, I don't think I've ever seen that much bodies on the oh. floor <laughs> the show. Jeez, uh, it was I mean, crazy. Maybe even Game of Thrones. I mean, maybe Game of Thrones, like Battle of the Bastards, maybe. Yeah. But like, I don't think I've even like. I don't know. Like every, there were a lot of bodies at this premiere, and I was yeah. like, "Damn, this is this is insane." Because um, my first thought when I saw that was, "Oh, they're all faking it, and they're gonna like attack them and kind of surprise them." But like, do we have any? Do you guys have any sort of predictions as to what happened? I, I. I really don't have a prediction. Wasn't didn't we see that Teddy was one of the bodies? Yes. I I kind of feel like this is like a very vague prediction. I feel like Dolores or Wyatt um killed all the hosts hosts that didn't want to rebel. It's kind of like the whole Matrix situation, hmm. blue blue pill. Yeah. She killed everyone who didn't want to know the truth. Yeah. I, that's that's what I feel at least. That's interesting. I feel like that's, I could buy that's that. Just, okay, you can do that. Could buy that. Ozzy, do you have anything or no? Um, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Chris. I, mean, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Or maybe the hosts that were trying to rebel against her, maybe? Maybe. Or maybe, uh, yeah, maybe they killed themselves. Who knows? I, maybe, maybe Bernard had something to do with it. I I don't know. But then why would he – this oh, the show makes me – question my life Bernard probably has something to do with it just by just by the way that he reacted yeah. I feel like the show is setting up that like oh Bernard had nothing to do with it because of how because rea- of how he reacted mm-hmm. but later we're going to see that he has something to do with it yeah I can see that but yeah the the main prediction I have for this season is that I I, I don't think Dolores and Wyatt are both going to come out of this season agreed I think there's going to be yeah I think there's going to be some sort of reckoning between the two of them and one of these Person, I don't want to say personalities, but one of these personalities, for lack of a better term, is going to win out. And I think that it'll happen when she finally confronts again the man in black. That's the man in black. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to kind of force the decision. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Ozzy, you want to close this out? Of course, man. Um, all right, Carlos, where can people find you on social media? All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shuri456. And, of course, make sure you follow us all over social media, all at ScreenFiles. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the YouTube channel, and, of course, our website where Brianna is doing some great stuff over there. All righty. And, Chris, where can people find you, man? Oh, uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Chris Dovahal, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-V-A-J-A-L. And on YouTube, you can find me at uh, Rogers and Stark Productions. You can find some short films there. Yeah, uh, actually, check out his, uh, his short films, guys. I mean, he's doing some pretty, pretty awesome stuff over there. Um, I think. I mean, are you doing anything uh, this this coming year? Uh, I have a script right now that I'm working on. It's it's uh, it's a comedy, but it's also kind of like meta humor. I I 
I can't go too much into it because I'm working on it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's gonna be really good. Awesome, awesome, man. Um, all right, guys, news from me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy, and also if you guys have any TV recommendations, any movies that you guys want to recommend to me, you can always email me at Ozzy dot Castro at screenfellas dot com. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check out the YouTube channel. Check out the website. Brianna probably should have something coming up uh, related to Avengers this weekend. I'm going to ask her about it. Um, but yeah, guys, this is Screen Focus.